for ethnic families, for Africans that come back. And uh, thank you for listening to me. It's so great to see you here. And this is, uh, we're going in the right direction, and we just pray that that will continue. Also want to welcome our neighbors. Uh, we have new neighbors with us, and uh, we uh, just have really enjoyed getting to know them. They're a Chinese family, and uh, Yong Bin, Chin, and Martin. And Martin is the friendliest guy in Arbor Lake. Just an amazing young fellow. He's coming to the soccer camp this week. And this past week, we got a chance to, we were invited to his 11th birthday. And this was the first birthday party, actually, he'd ever had. So we just had a blast. This is such a great time. So we love our new neighbors. It's fantastic to have them there and have them here this morning. Okay, we are going to be uh, continuing our series called Kingdom Come. It's all about what the kingdom of God looks like and how different that is than what the world is all about, what the world offers us. So let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to be in your house, to worship, to uh, fellowship, to focus on your word. And uh, we just pray that you would be pleased with what happens here and that we would uh, just be able to glorify the name of Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. Now, in recent years, we've uh, heard one of the new orthodox creeds of our culture, which states that you have to follow the science. That's an interesting idea, because science can show us many amazing things. And it can solve a lot of our problems. But I still have a question. If you follow the science, where exactly does that take you? Science is a great travel agent and a very knowledgeable tour guide. But it really can only take us part of the way. Eventually, it abandons you in the middle of nowhere because the one thing science can't do is tell you the ultimate purpose or goal of life. Darwinian evolution can only propose that the purpose of our existence is the perpetuation of our species. Therefore, the only evil is extinction. Life must go on. So save the planet, reduce your carbon footprint, and let's all head for Mars, because if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. Now, saving the planet is extremely important. I'm all for it. This is an amazing planet. And we should treat it with respect. But that is not our ultimate purpose. That purpose is not something you can discover by following science. You can only discover it by following the scriptures. Or more specifically, following the Savior. And last week, it was Satan him, himself who took Jesus on a tour. And he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said, all of this, every bit of this, I will give you. And all you have to do is just bow down and worship me. And that sounds tempting. 
Jesus wasn't interested in the kingdoms of the world. He wasn't impressed with their splendor. And Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. For Jesus, the world was not enough. His purpose was focused on establishing the kingdom of God. But what is that? What does that look like? Well, probably one of the best answers is in the Lord's Prayer, where it says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what God's kingdom looks like. It looks like whenever or wherever God's will is done right here on earth, just as it is in heaven. And, you know, that's not very often, I have concluded that most of what happens on this planet is not God's will. Humanity's defiant declaration is, I did it my way. In fact, even religion is not necessarily the kingdom of God. The kind of religions the media focuses on may, have not, may not have anything to do with that kingdom. What people call Christianity may not be the same as God's kingdom. And I think we've seen that in recent years. For example, think of the Republican Party in the United States. It's almost synonymous with American Christianity. But is that the kingdom? Someone says you can easily spot the Christians because they've all got guns. It used to be in God we trust, now it's become... In guns we trust. Jesus said, All men will know you are my disciples if you love one another. That's the distinction, not the fact that we're carrying guns. Why, why are they carrying guns? Well, because it's in the Constitution. But is it in the Bible? Jesus told Peter that taking up arms in a holy war was a violation of God's will. Matthew chapter 26, 52. Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said. All who draw the sword will die by the sword. Where is the kingdom? What does it look like? Was Donald Trump divinely anointed to lead America back to God? Many think so. But I think he showed his true colors at the presidential prayer breakfast, where the keynote speaker, Arthur Brooks, Stress the virtue of forgiving your enemies and those who you disagree with politically. Trump got up right after that and said, I don't think I can agree with you, Arthur. And then he spent his entire speech attacking his enemies, Mitt Romney and Nancy Pelosi. Is that the kingdom? Trump admitted that he's never, ever prayed for forgiveness because he's never done anything wrong. And yet many respected evangelical leaders continue to give him their wholehearted support. Was the White House of Trump, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Was that what was happening in heaven that we saw here on earth? Or what about the mob that stormed the Capitol chanting, hang Mike Pence? Many among them were people who are regular churchgoers. Was that kingdom business? What did Jesus tell Pilate in John 18, 36? My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight 
My servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews, but now my kingdom is from another place. Or what about the appalling affluence of high-powered televangelists who earn millions from generous supporters so they can travel in limousines and stay in luxury penthouse suites while claiming to be following the one who was homeless, who admitted that foxes have holes, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. You know, they sound so impressive, they sound so sincere, but Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will say to them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. That's not necessarily the case. Or what about the born-again celebrities who pray before their concerts and then perform a stage show filled with a kind of obscenity that's not been seen since the pagan fertility temples in Babylon. And then when they win the Grammy Award, they say, I want to thank Jesus who guides my life. And when Vin Diesel and his mercenaries sit down for a meal and he says, Grace, is that the kingdom? And what about the residential schools? Obviously, the Catholic Church has some explaining to do and repenting. How long has it been since your last confession? Now, you can find the kingdom of God in, in the Catholic faith. I've known many born-again Catholics. But the organization itself just has too much money and too much power and too many secrets and no accountability. So it's no wonder that there's going to be corruption and abuses will occur. I mean, this is the religious organization that gave us the Crusades, the Inquisition, pedophile priests, and now unmarked graves. The point is that there are many counterfeits of God's kingdom. They use all the right terminology. But are they genuine? There are many counterfeits because wherever there's light, there will be bugs. They get attracted to it. Just because it's called Christianity does not necessarily make it part of God's kingdom. You see, that kingdom is very specific. It's not about the signage. God's kingdom only exists where his will is done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the kingdom. So accept no substitute. And this is really what the local church aspires to be. That's our purpose in life. What we do here on Sunday morning is an example of what they're doing in heaven on a very small scale. Worshiping God. Great fellowship. God's word. One theologian said, the church is the place where the purposes of God rise to visibility. And that's our challenge. Because the kingdom is often inconspicuous and mostly invisible. Because God is not holding any press conferences. 
The Holy Spirit is not currently on a 30-city revival tour, and Jesus isn't sending out any tweets on social media. So the kingdom is essentially invisible, but it can be discerned by faith. Hebrews 11, chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. This is the kind of faith that's been going on for a long time, thousands of years. Being certain of what we do not see. Verse 6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe he exists, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now, from a worldly perspective, the kingdom of God is often confused with believers behaving badly. But that part, which is very visible, is not the kingdom. So our challenge is to show our culture what the kingdom really looks like, to make the invisible more visible. We have to find ways to bring the purposes of God to visibility. And 1 John chapter 4, verse 12 helps us by saying, No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. No one has ever seen God, but you can discern his presence in the lives of those people who love the way God loves. So did you treat other people this week the way God treats you? Then you were making the kingdom visible. The invisible kingdom begins to materialize wherever believers demonstrate the love of God. Like it says in Micah chapter 6 verse 8. We looked at that in a series earlier this year. He has showed you what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to act justly and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Was that part of your week? Well, then you helped to make the kingdom visible. Love is the evidence that demands a verdict. Godly love makes the invisible visible. But here's where we need to do some forensics. Because there are also so many counterfeits of love in circulation. One forger named John Lennon declared, love is all you need. Well, that sounds almost right. But that's not sound biblical doctrine. Because in the kingdom, love is not generic. In the world, the new slogan is, love is love. Basically, it's whatever you want it to be. But in the kingdom, love is an exclusive brand. It's actually a fusion comprised of equal parts, love and truth. That's the verification code. That's how you know it's genuine. You need love and truth together. If you just have love, it could be anything. Everybody in the world is capable of some kind of love. But among Christians, their love always is in the context of truth. 
And that's what makes it distinct. And that's also what becomes a problem. Because if you talk about love, people will smile. But if you talk about truth, they get suspicious. Love is what draws people to the kingdom, but truth often drives them away. Because truth is threatening. Love isn't threatening, it's inviting, but truth is intimidating. One guy told me, I hate going to the dentist because he always tells me the truth. And the truth hurts. And so does the tooth. You promise to pull the tooth, the whole tooth, and nothing but the tooth? You see, we live in an age of advanced truth decay. People don't want to know the truth. They can't handle the truth. The world is not interested in the truth anymore because it's been replaced by something that's much more convenient. Truth has been replaced by political correctness. But in the kingdom, that's not how we operate. In the kingdom, it's doing God's will on earth as it is in heaven. And so that means those two things, love and truth in complete harmony. That's why Paul in Ephesians 4.15 says, Speaking the truth in love, so that we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. We speak the truth in love. And that truth is, is the gospel. And the gospel is both good news and bad news. So what do you want first? Well, let me give you the bad news. The bad news is that we are all sinners on the way to hell. The good news is that Jesus canceled our reservation without a refund and bought us a ticket to heaven. It was extremely expensive. It cost him his life. But it's totally free. Romans chapter 6 verse 23 gives us both the bad news and the good news. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And that's the truth. And there's a lot of love in that truth. The gift of God is eternal life. No one's ever loved us that much that they would forgive us and, and, and then offer us eternal life. So, if you see a lot of love happening, if people are talking love, 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 love is love, but there's no mention of the truth, that's not the kingdom. That's a counterfeit. That's not on earth as it is in heaven. You can't set aside the truth. Love is what makes the invisible more visible, but truth is what makes the invisible more comprehensible. And that's the purpose of our lives. We don't have to wait years trying to find ourselves, looking for things that will make us fulfilled, because that's not going to happen in the world. The world can't help you with that any more than a wet market in Asia can provide, a, provide us with an effective vaccine. Only God's Word helps us discover God's way. And that's the purpose of our lives, to demonstrate God's love and to declare God's truth. Never one at the expense of the other. Some Christians are big on the truth, but they have very little love. And that 
creates all kinds of problems. Others are big on love, but don't ever bring up the truth. And that ultimately doesn't really help anyone. Because you can love people for the rest of your life, but if they never hear the truth, you've kept something very, very important from them that's going to have eternal consequences. So speaking the truth in love. Our love can make the invisible more noticeable, more obvious. But that requires perhaps some major upgrades in our current lifestyle. Because if you're like me, when it comes to love, we're very predictable, right? We're very good at loving people we like. Not so good at loving people we don't like, people we disagree with. But that's how the kingdom is manifested. Here's what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, beginning at verse 43. You've heard it was said, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. We can understand that. That makes sense. That's how it happens in the world. But not in the kingdom. But I tell you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. The kingdom is radically different. Whoever would ever tell you to do something like that. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you, that you may be the children of your Father in heaven, who causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Are you treating the people you dislike just the same as you're treating the people you like? That's what God does. Are you the children of God? Jesus went on to say, If you love only those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? I mean, that's so predictable. Anyone can do that. But that's not the kingdom. That's why God really can be frustrating sometimes through confession because he asks me to do things I don't want to do. For example, I love encouraging people that I like. But I don't like encouraging people I don't like. I have my limits. So I once found myself temporarily on staff with a guy who had said some very nasty things about one of my sons. And he didn't know that I knew. And of course, the Holy Spirit asked me to encourage him in his ministry. And I said, absolutely not. Are you serious? No way. That's not me. Lord, I don't want to. I don't feel like it. But if you say so, I will. And I did. Because that's what happens in the kingdom. We act out of character. We do things people don't expect. We go the second mile. If you love only those who love you, that's not a big deal. Anyone can do that. But if you love people you don't like, only God can do that. He just needs your cooperation so he can do it through you. 
unexpected radical love can make the invisible more obvious. An unashamed revealed truth can make the invisible more comprehensible. And the truth especially requires boldness. And we've kind of been lacking on that in recent years. We've kind of been withdrawn. We, we believe that what the Bible says is absolute truth, but we don't think anyone's interested. We assume people will be offended. We're afraid they'll ridicule us. And that's why we have to speak the truth in love. It's a package deal. They're bundled. We're not just debating ideas here. We're looking for ways to love people who disagree with us. Warren Wisby says, Truth is like a dentist drilling a cavity. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but my first dentist just went right in without anything else. No pain Truth is like a dentist drilling a cavity, but love is the Novocaine. When you get that stuff, you don't, you don't feel a thing. It's amazing. So it helps to have both, speaking the truth in love. So the idea is this. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. But in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared. Be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you. So what we need to do is to love the people we don't like, love the people we disagree with until they ask why. And if they're not asking, then you double the dosage. That is the essence of thy kingdom come. That's the purpose of our life. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So whenever you forgive someone who doesn't deserve it, whenever you return blessings for insults, that's the kingdom. Whenever you don't get weary in well-doing, whenever you bear one another's burdens, that's the kingdom. Whenever you show compassion to the poor or overcome evil with good, that's the kingdom, and you're making it visible. Good for you. So if you're not going up to space this week with any billionaires, if you're grounded down here on earth, then look for opportunities to make the invisible visible so that you can say, I did it thy way. Father, we want to thank you that you not only told us the truth, but that truth came with so much love that it just overwhelmed us and we surrendered our lives to you. We didn't like the sound of that truth. Our ego didn't like it. Our selfishness didn't like it. But it came at us with so much love that we just gave in and said, okay, take over my life. You're the one who should be running my life, not me.
Lord, thank you that you told us the truth in love. Help us to do the same with others so that 